12-sided stories is for mature audiences and often deals with topics that may be difficult for some listeners. Discretion is advised. In Eversink, the Office of Book Retrieval has librarian agents tasked by the Triskadine to recover overdue books and collect fees. In some cases, offenders must be neutralized by the agents for stealing important tomes. These are their stories. Hello, my name is Wes Otis, and you are listening to Bookhound Bounty Hunters, episode number eight. I have some wonderful players with me. Let's see who they all are. Let us start with Sam. Hey, 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 everyone. I am Sam. That's Sam with two M's. I'm going to remember my pronouns this time. She, they, because I always feel bad because Candace always reminds me and I'm like, damn it, I forgot. So I use she, they pronouns. I'm playing Tisha Valor, our drunken prophet who uses she, her pronouns. Hello, everybody. I am Candace, also it's Candace Magnificent. My pronouns are they, she, and I am playing the dualist, uh, Leo De Silva, who uh, uses, also uses they, she pronouns and uh, is apparently hungry for blood today. Hello, I am Farah Sarpkaya, and I am playing Giovanna Literatura, a church militant, and we are both she, her. Hey, I'm Michelle, and I am playing Katja, your local, uh, you know, assassin. And, uh, you know, she's uh, she's just trying to deal with a snake right now, I think. So, uh, yeah. And her pronouns and mine are both she, her. Before we start, please consider supporting the show through Patreon or on coffee.com, spelled K-O-F-I. Now, on with the show. All right. So a quick recap. Last week, you basically got in a fight with some wizards, a misunderstanding. The wizards were about to cast a fireball in a very small room at Agent Brad, who was attacking you all. And you, in turn, tried to stop them from doing that. One of them got injured. You had a big conversation and worked that out. And they left to go prepare to do this transfer spell that will allow you to transform the essence of Denari from Enzo to the Codex of Life that was a gift from the goddess to the city. Because Enzo is now imbued with the essence of the goddess, the city is starting to fall apart. The other major thing that happened was you fought with Brad, Leo fought with Brad, and you came to kind of a middle ground where you actually had a conversation and it came to light that he really didn't know the extent of Mother Biblia's treachery. And so he apologized for his actions and went off to get the other bookhound bounty hunters to help uh, subdue her at the Red Pig, which is where you believe she's hanging out right now. After all of that, a gigantic snake appeared and it smashed up through a bunch of docks and was causing all this mayhem. All of you ran in to fight it. Giovanna and Leo jumped on the snake to, to strike a blow to its most weak point, which is Tisha told them, hey, I can tell that the jaws are where you want to hit, right around here. And so there's this epic fight going on. Meanwhile, Tisha saved a young woman from a building that was about to collapse. She is evacuating the area as quickly as possible as this thing is thrashing around. 
Katya was attacking the snake, but unlike Leo and Giovanna, she was not on top of said snake. Towards the end of last episode, the snake reared up and took Leo and Giovanna with the snake up in the air several feet. The snake is like 100 feet high. And so we're picking up to see whether or not Giovanna and Leo are catapulted into the drink. Giovanna and Leo, you are flying up in the air several feet, probably like 30 feet in the air very quickly. Katya, you're on the bottom and you notice that by doing this, the water has rushed in because suddenly there's not a hundred foot snake neck there keeping all the water at bay and it all comes washing back in quickly. So I need rolls from each of the three of you. Tisha, you are kind of further away as you're helping these people get away and you're seeing this like three waves about to hit each other at the base of this snake and you see your friends go up into the air. Let's start with Katya. Give me an athletics roll to get the hell out of there. Uh, so it's going to be a six. A six difficulty? Oof. A six difficulty with the athletics. Okay, then I'm going to spend four, which I'm glad I did because I rolled a two, so that's a six. Okay, so all of this water rushes in. The pier below you starts to break apart. You start running towards where Tisha is, and the boards are breaking as you're hopping from one board to another. It's kind of like a falling bridge, and you make it to the edge just as the rest of the pier kind of gets swallowed up. Luckily, you're safe. So let's go to... Giovanna and Leo. Now this is tough. You're fighting G-forces. You're fighting to stay <laughs> on the snake. Uh, so I'm going to say you need like an eight to stay on the snake. How many points do you want to spend? I'm just going to dump all of mine. Okay. Just all of them, which is six. Okay. Because I don't, I don't trust it. That was a three. So that was, that was a nine total. Nine. Okay, cool. Leo? I'm going to put five in. All right. That's an eight. Awesome. Okay. Both of you just barely made it, by the way. <laughs> um, so you're holding on really tight and you swing up. Imagine being on a huge building with no rails, just 30 or 40 feet up in the air. And you can see all the mayhem going on below you. There's, you know, people screaming and running. They look like almost like ants. And you see way off in the distance all the big, large towers. Some of them are really large. Some of them are skinny, like wizard towers and things like that. And just for a second, you feel the wind kind of blowing through your hair. And there's this just this moment of like clarity that you're on a snake way too high up. So I am going to pick Leo to go first. Uh, we are in combat, so Leo will pick the next person. If Leo would like to pick someone else to go first because they're not sure what they want to do, that's fine too. So, go for it. Okay, so this is where we are in combat with the snake. I've already saved, done the saving throw to make sure I can stay on and don't crack my face into the ground. And now I just have to decide what I'm doing to the snake. Right. If I remember correctly, you jammed both your daggers into it and you are now dangling from your daggers from its jaw as it's trying to get you out of its jaw. 
So how close am I to the its weak spot? You're right on top of it because you went right for it. So you're right at the edge of the jaw and then the flap of the hood. So I think I'd like to try to like release one of my daggers. But when I take it out, I want to kind of try to like tear at it and then stab it a little bit lower to try and make my way down to like a better vantage point so I don't fall. Cause like, I don't want to have to get into like a situation where I have to roll again. So I want to try to make my descent, but on the way I want to try to like do damage as I'm kind of like slicing down this thing. Okay, so we, we can just say like you're doing an attack roll that adds in. So that'd be a warfare and it's a four. I'm going to keep it at a four. The reason I'm not giving like a bonus for your closeness is that if you miss the roll, it means that you slip out and you might slide down a little bit further or whatever. You're trying to get down to the level of the city. Okay. It's really hard to do this combat without sexual innuendo because it is a snake (laughs) and we are way up in the sky. And we're saying what's saying it. Yeah, I could tell. I could tell Sam was thinking that. I'm all like the hood and everything else. (laughs) How do I do this without not sounding that way? You don't. Oh, it's too late, Wes. It's already already a problem. Okay, so Candace, go for it. I'm going to put three in. Okay, that's six. And just as a reminder, if you want to spend a point and you kind of have to like give me a reason behind it but if you want to spend an investigation point to add more damage to your attack you can that's one of the things you can do all right so go ahead and give me a 1d6 roll six. Oh wow excellent who do you want to pick to go next i would like to pick giovanna so that she can have uh, a turn to hopefully not die okay <laughs> giovanna you're on its snout basically and on its mouth. You you slammed your sword down trying to keep it from biting. And so now you're kind of standing there on this uneven bridge of slime as you're about to possibly fall. You have your sword in one hand. How do you want to proceed? I have another crazy idea because I had one last time and I have another one now. <laughs> hey, this is the moment for crazy ideas. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to ride this snake real good. I So what I'm hoping to do... <laughs> What I'm hoping to do is leap down off the snake, but stab into its neck and kind of like eviscerate it as I'm going down. Almost like a curtain kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like Captain Blood. Captain Blood thing. Okay. Yeah. I do have spot frailty, if that will help me at all, to kind of find the spot where it's not as thick muscle. Okay. Yeah. But I will, that is my, my goal is to take my giant ass sword, stab this snake and ride her down. (laughs) Okay. So this is awesome. And I like it. Let's say, how many spot frailties do you have? I have two points. So let's say you spend at least one of those points to do some extra damage, because that would make sense to me. Go ahead and give me a roll. It's going to be a four and let me know how many points you're going to spend Now, remember, if you get five points over four, so a a nine or more, it's a critical success and it does even more stuff. Um, So it's your call. Well, I'll put in five just for funsies, just for funsies. (laughs) That's a six. So that's (laughs) 11. That's a critical. So roll a 2d6 for your damage. Actually, you know what? I'm going to give you max, because I'm going to change the, the rules a little bit. I'm going to give you max damage for both rolls. So you're going to get 12, 
and then you're going to get, because I'm going to do it the old D&D way, and then you're going to get a plus one for the critical hit. So thir- you do 13 points as you're going down, and you slide down about, I don't know, probably five or ten feet, but all of this goo and blood just starts spilling over both of you because you're also kind of downwind. <laughs> Leo, so like this rain of, of snake blood starts falling everywhere and you kind of pass its venom sack and puncture it a little bit and it spews forward. It burns a little bit and as you see mist coming up from the water from where it, it interacts with the salt water. All right, so, and it is like making all these horrible gargling noises as blood starts filling up its lungs. Who would you like to go next, Giovanna? You know, let's throw it over to Tisha, who is uh, definitely ready right now to talk and not laughing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm absolutely 100% ready to talk about how the sack was spewing venom. For sure. Okay, so I had a a wild and crazy thought. Mm -hmm. How far away am I from, like, the battle, like, ground zero? Not far. Not far. Not far? No. So it usually goes in ranges. There's close, medium, far, and then very far. You're probably at medium right now. So you're, you're, like, one area away from the main battle. So that's, like... If you did a full-out move and then an attack, you could do that, or you could go the other way and do a full move and go, like, two ranges away. So do you want to get close or do you want to get farther away? I want to get close. Okay, so yeah, you can do that and an attack. Okay. It's not necessarily... Well, I guess it's Tisha's brand of an attack. Okay. But I want to do a little... I want to be a little saucy here really quick. So... I want to use Forgotten Lore while I'm running to see if I remember reading or hearing in the cabals from other sorcerers anything in relation to like snake hypnotism or charming or anything along the lines of that. Yeah, if you, I'm, I'm willing to like, like a sway, that would be a sway attack. And yeah, could, that's what I want to do. Spend that point of forgotten lore to try to capture the snake's attention. It's a four. Can I also throw in six points of sway with that as well? Like tack onto that. If you throw in six points sway and then you roll five or better, that's a critical success, and that's definitely a hypnotized snake for sure. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna try that. Cool. That's a. By the way, that's very creative. I like all of that. That's very creative. So Thank you. So far, all of this has been very creative and incredibly Conan the Barbarian, and, and I'm good for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead and you want to beat a four, and with six points of sway, you're going to beat the four. It's just whether or not you get that critical hit or not. And I just rolled a five. Perfect. Basically, it, you have captured the snake's attention And it has a lot less morale points than it has regular physical points. And it just starts staring at you as its lungs, uh, throat and stuff is filling up with blood. And it probably is going to drown if it's not able to break free of this. And that's where we'll bring in Katya, I guess. Unless you had something else, Sam. I'm sorry. No, that was it. I think Tisha is just like 
like swaying from side to side, like kind of like mimicking the snake, and the snake is like following and doing the same with the same with her. Awesome, that's perfect. Go ahead, Michelle. What do you want to do? You're at the very. Just so you know, you are at the very bottom, and you see that the snake is swaying back and forth as it's looking down at Tisha. Midway down the torso or the trunk of the snake is Giovanna holding onto her sword, about to try to pull down some more. And then you see Leo using their dagger to kind of go down. And yeah, so that's the full image, but you're right at the bottom. There's all this like snake blood and venom and swamp water everywhere. What do you want to do? Well, I'm trying to think because I don't want to snap it out of what Tisha has just put it in. Because I was going to, like, throw some daggers at its face, uh, like facial area, but I don't want to snap it out of whatever it's doing. So I'm going to use my time just trying to get people the hell out of there. Okay. So you start to get people out of there. Who do you want to pick to go next? Oh, wait. The snake gets a try. All right. The snake is going to try to break this hole because it knows that there's a lot there's weights it's losing blood fast and it's got a couple of people on it what did you your your role was what again you had a five and a six or eleven right sam a five and a six and then plus my sorcerer ability forgotten lore right right that's your investigation that gave you the extra morale damage yeah okay yeah so the snake tries really hard to get out of the sway It knows it's in danger and it starts to choke and then suddenly all the oxygen kind of gets cut off and it's heaving a little bit and its eyes roll back in its huge head and it starts to go backwards into the water as it dies. Now, Leo and Giovanna, you are on the snake as it's going backwards to the water. So you need to run down the snake and get to the pier uh, in order to not get thrown into the swamp. Okay? Can I slow it down by making it do like slow body rolls? No, it's it's dead. (laughs) It's dead. It's not. It's like you guys... I tried. Yeah, you you, you basically made it drown itself in its own blood by staying still. So yeah, pretty metal. Uh, So again, this is another opportunity to run down a snake. You're going to need to be the six for this. I'm so glad I saved none of my athletic dice. <laughs> Not a single one. That was a two. <laughs> oh, what about you, Leo? I'm going to put three in my last three. What do I have to beat? A six. Okay, so I got a six on the nose. Okay, so you see the rest of you, if you look up and you, you kind of look for Leo to see where they are, they're like kind of sticking out of like the side back of this thing. They've like made their way kind of around, like poking with their daggers um, and just kind of trying to like knife it so that they can get a vantage point on this thing's back. And they're covered in viscera like head to toe. Their like white blouse is like spattered with this like blood and and venom and stuff. Their cape is tattered and their leathers are a mess. You can see that Leo is usually a very kind of a stoic person. She is not someone who likes to kind of show off a lot of teeth uh, when they smile. The look on her face can only be described as elation. They're totally in their element. Their hair has kind of blown out of the bow, like the ribbon that they usually have it in. 
and their pompadour is gone and like they just have this like long flowing middle back length kinky curly hair that's just like flowing in the wind their cape is going it's like it's fantastic they look amazing Tisha's looking (laughs) (laughs) so like Like a romance novel cover like respectfully looking oh yeah like the shirt is open a little bit like you can see like the the binding that they that they use underneath like they release their their weapon like when they finally get to a place they feel comfortable and they kind of just skate down they like kind of sit down and they like slide down this winding snake and try to kind of pop off at the right moment where they're not like disappearing into the water with this creature but they're able to kind of get their feet on solid ground and they land fairly gracefully and a lot of like the entrails that are on them they kind of like turn really quickly and shake it off it's very much a new way i think that leo has presented themselves they've never felt such freedom and they kind of think back to the moment when they were fighting with their dad up on rooftops and kind of dancing from roof to roof and trying to be very agile and live and kind of like smile thinking about that memory because it absolutely helped save them today that's all very awesome you fly you jump off of it now this in terms of a skiing situation is definitely a diamond five kind of situation so you slide down and you do this turn and as you're flipping around you see giovanna yeah cruising down towards the water very quickly Giovanna, you want to ex- explain how your crash into the, the swamp happens? Yeah, so I had taken my sword and just like rode it down part of the snake, ripped open, whatever. And I think it's a mixture of trying to get the sword out, first of all, because what am I without my sword? Maybe it's a little bit of distraction from the fabulousness that just occurred above me. But mostly I'm wearing a bunch of armor. I am covered in liquid and I'm just desperately trying to rip the sword out and I pull and I think I got it. And then holding the sword, not holding anything else, I fly ass over tea kettle back into the swamp. Maybe clear of the snake, who can say, but definitely in the swamp. Well, I can definitely say. Mm-hmm. So you fly a few feet away from the snake, the snake hits the ground, you're suddenly underwater, you're several feet from being able to touch ground, and you're covered in armor, and you start to sink to the bottom. Tisha, Leo, and Katya, you're all relatively close at this point, and you realize that Giovanna's not coming up after hitting the water pretty hard with her sword. So uh, that's her sword right now. It's it's basically an anchor. What do the three of you, you're out of combat at this point because the snake is dead. How do you save Giovanna? Depends on how hot I'm trying to be. <laughs> That's hilarious that that was your answer, because that was also my answer. (laughs) Same wavelength. Yeah, I think I run top speed. Like, I just kind of start, like, I take off my boots, and I just, like, start running top speed to try and get to her. And I take my cape off. It's kind of just like a trail of Leo's clothing. I imagine they would probably go down to the binding and, like, you know, just, like, the breeches underneath. And I try to dive if I can. Okay, cool. Katya, what are you going to do? And then we'll get to Tisha. I'm running after Leo. Mad, mad, mad. I'm cursing in French all the way. But I'm grabbing some of the longer pieces of cloth, like the cloak, you know, whatever, because I'm thinking we can use it to pull her out. I'm like, why did she leave all this? She could be using this. <laughs> <laughs> Tisha, what are you doing? Well, everyone's 
running. That was my first instinct too, was to like run and dive after. But if two of the strongest folk are jumping in, um, I think Tisha probably passes out having a prophecy, just seeing whether or not okay she's needed in a in a way, like seeing if like we actually can save Giovanna or if there needs to be more effort. You see flashes of you at the end of the pier kind of hanging over, laying down so that you have more body room like covered on the, the pier, body space, I guess. And seeing you trying to grab Giovanna's hand and help the three of you help pull her up to the surface of the water. Okay. When Tisha like scrambles up when she wakes up, and is just like screaming, get to the pier, get her to the pier, get her to the pier, and darts down to the pier. Okay. All right. So let me. I don't know if they hit the water yet or not. Yeah, right. They, they hear you right as they hit the water. Let's see, Giovanna. Now, I will say that, Giovanna, you are a trained warrior. You know that you could cut the leather ties of your armor to help facilitate getting out of the water, but armor's expensive. And I mean, you know, you can hold your breath for a little bit. It's up to you whether or not you want to take that risk or you want to start slicing your leather straps on your armor. I think the armor was a piece that was given to her by Mother Biblia as part of her, like, you know, night leave, whatever. But the sword was a family sword, which is why it has that different insignia on it. And so she will remove the armor, but hold fast to the sword. And so as folks start to dive in the water, they just see her taking all of her armor and everything off down to her, you know, underclothes and and trying to swim up still with the sword on. Right. Cool. So you start slicing the Madam Biblia armor. All right, so with all of that information in hand, I'm going to give you some bonuses because I know you've used your athletic points like a kid at an arcade uses quarters and you're kind of running low. So let's see. We'll start with Giovanna. We're going to, okay, this might be stretching things, but I'm going to say that if you want to spend a point of trustworthy, that is your symbolic freedom from Madame Biblia and because she's not trustworthy. And that, if you spend that point, uh, that will give you a plus two to your roll to be able to escape the murky depths and get up to a point where the others can grab you. You want to beat a four, so you have a plus two now. Cool. Okay. All right, dice. We'll go from after. That's a three. Excellent. Five. So you cut the straps. You start to float up. Leo, you are the first one to dive in. It's murky, but you can see Giovanna's head and arms, and she's starting to lift up her hands to try to grab towards you. This is going to be another athletics four roll, which I know you've spent a lot of points. I have, but I was wondering if I can use a point of ridiculous luck. I was just about to say that. Yeah, you can do ridiculous luck. Awesome. So go ahead and give me a roll. Three. Excellent. So you grab her and start, you know, helping her pull her up. Uh, Katya, you're right behind. You see that Leo has already started the process. How many do you want to spend athletic points or 
Because I know you have athletic points. Um, yeah, so, and it's a four I need to beat? Correct. Okay, then I will spend three. All right, cool. Because I'm hedging my bets. Oh, but I rolled a six. <laughs> so nine. So that's a crit, actually. Well, yeah, that's a crit for combat, but... Oh. <laughs> Not like D&D where everything's a crit if you get a 20. <laughs> so you start... You just extra save me. Yeah, exactly. So you two are pulling her up and you get to the top and you basically make her go up to the surface, kind of like uh, Jason from the first uh, Friday the 13th movie, and her hands come out of the water and Sam... Uh, to help pull her out, you need to beat a four to, to help get her up uh, before she slides back into the water again. Because she's still got thick, quilted stuff underneath this armor because you, you chafe a lot. It's, you, yeah, it's <laughs> athletics, yeah. It's athletics. I'll use three points. Perfect. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. Uh, I rolled a four. That's a seven. Excellent. So you start pulling her out. You all get out of the water. And I would imagine all of you are breathing heavily as you sit at the end of this pier. Most of you are so, all of you are soaked, covered in swamp water, snake venom and blood, and uh, the tears of your enemies. And you <laughs> look out and floating on the top of the water is the snake. It's just kind of out there like a huge whale that's been exploded or something. Tisha will go over to Giovanna and is like checking over her, making sure that she's okay, seeing if she's breathing or not, if she has to administer CPR. She's doing fine. Unbelievably, <laughs> this is unbelievable, but you were able to survive all of this without getting any damage. You're just sucked in a lot of water. And behind you, you hear the townspeople cheering you on for the great deed that you've done. Now, what this does is it, it makes your reputation go up. You, at least within Sag Harbor, and then later on, it will start going up other places. It's a heroic patina. I will say it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, your reputation goes up a little bit as people recognize that you were trying to do your best to save as many lives as possible. And that definitely helps against the horrible lies that Mother Biblia has been spreading. So you're all tired, but you also know that you are gonna have to deal with Mother Biblia at some point. And every moment counts. The city is falling apart. This huge snake obviously felt the bonds of the, the goddess weakening and was able to make its way into the harbor. And you don't know how long until the next earthquake is gonna hit. Can I get close enough to the snake without being in the water to like cut a piece of it? Sure. I want to take, I don't know, maybe an eye or a fang or something of it that can prove that it's big and scary and awful and keep it with me so that when I see Mother Biblia, we have something to, maybe not a bargaining chip, so to speak, but just evidence that, like, this is worse than you could ever possibly imagine. Like, are you aware of what you're doing kind of thing? So in order to get a fang, some of the citizens help out because they're going to, I mean... You all are in Sag Harbor. It is not the most ritzy place. They sell 
three-day-old cabbage, that kind of thing. So they are going to try to cut up as much of this creature as possible and eat it. Oh, great. Okay. So they will help you pull it in. God, how big would a tooth be on a hundred-foot snake? Pretty goddamn big. So let's say I'm not going to make the gesture for at least a two-foot snake. I'm not going to do it. I thought about doing the gesture, but, you know, it's a pretty big uh, fang. So you carve this fang out. I'm sorry I'm a child. I am too. I am too. We're all 12-year-olds at one point. So you, you get this fang out, and you're able to take it with you. You could literally use this as a weapon. Nice. If you took it to somebody that could carve it, you could maybe put a handle on the end of it so that you could use it as your dagger of some sort, even put a sharp edge. I'm glad you said that because I was considering that. Yeah. Now I know that I have to make sure nobody steals this tooth from me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I make sure that somebody, you know, someone that I know, because I'm sure I know a lot of people in the harbor area, that they save me like some skin because I want to have some boots made. Okay, cool. Here's the situation. It's later in the afternoon. And what I'm saying here is if you go after Mother Biblia after this fight, uh, you might get wrecked because you've used up a lot of points and you need to rest a little bit to be able to get those points back. So you have to make a decision. Do you say, fuck it, we're going to give it a try. Hopefully our allies will boost us enough to be able to beat her. Or do you wait? I vote wait. I want to be prepared. Yeah, Leo like looks down at their body and like kind of registers the sliced up cape and everything and kind of looks up at you and Katja and like then at you, Giovanna, and then at you, Tisha. And we, um, we look like utter myth. And I don't think that we should be going in front of someone who believes that she is all better. Looking quite like, um, I, I could use the rest. I'm basically in like a plain white shirt and slacks. And I say, um, I think I have an idea of where we can restock and also lay low where they won't expect us to go. And if everyone is amenable, I would lead them back to my childhood home. Okay, I really thought you were going to say the burlesque house, which I was going to <laughs> Listen, take as a complete and total I am fine gift. with that. <laughs> Your childhood home is fine. I'm okay with that. But I was like, ooh, she's going to say the burlesque house? <laughs> I don't think she's ready for that kind of, like, dedication to that life. She's still feeling this out. Yeah, no, I get it. I totally understand. What were you going to say, Michelle? Seeing Leo take the fang, I also get an idea and I collect some venom. Okay, <laughs> cool. It definitely had a lot. Man, I will say you're all very lucky because uh, this thing could have killed you. So you <laughs> head over to Giovanna's ancestral home. And at this point, we've established that I think the your brother owns it and the family has... Yeah, I think official the brother owns it kind of, but also he fucked off to make his fortune somewhere else. It's 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 empty basically. Right, right. And all of our stuff is still in there. They didn't never sold it because that would be shame on the family. Yeah. So you walk in and there's this heavy air of just dust and mold and wet. It starts to rain really hard outside because of all the strange magical flux that's going on. And 
When you enter into the main room, all three of you, the funerary statues of your parents are in this room. Your your brother has, has left them there. And suddenly they both appear in front of you in spectral form. And I think that's where we're going to stop this particular episode. Do we see it? Yep. You all see it. They just appear. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> I think this is a good place yeah. to stop. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, <laughs> we can start up with the new points and everything else. Oh, and, Lord. Yeah. All right. Thank you all so much. I hope you had fun. I had a blast. I felt like this was a very cinematic battle. <laughs> so uh, mm-hmm. definitely a lot of fun. Let's find out where all of these people are. Let's start with Farah. Uh, hello. I have been Farah Sarpkaya, and you can find me at Farakaya on all of the social media. You can also find me over at Crossroad Games, as well as Love Windcraft's Beasts of America and many other places all over. Hello, I have been Candice. You can find me at that Candice Girl on Twitter, at Candice the Magnificent, pretty much everywhere else. You can also find me on Tuesdays over at 12 Sided Stories, uh, doing some Delta Green or whatever game it is that we are playing whenever you're listening to this. You can find me over at Crossroads Games, Bad House Games, Maddie Matihi, and KDM Fear. Um, and honestly, probably more places 2023, so... Maybe just follow me on Twitter. <laughs> hey, hey, everyone. I have been Sam with two M's. You can follow me on the Twitters and the Hive uh, at Lust for Life, L-U-S-T-T-F-O-R-L-I-F-E-E-X. It's a mouthful. Don't care. Brand consistency at this point. Um, you can find me there for all cool stuff that I am up to. Uh, by the time this is airing, uh, you should be seeing me on season one officially of the Strix U over at Black Girl Mage on Twitch. So hope to see y'all there. Thanks for listening. Hey, I'm Michelle, and you can find me on the socials at Michulu. That's M-I-C-H-U-L-H-U. You can also find my music and Wes's amazing sound effects if you subscribe to the Plate Mail Games catalog through BattleBards. And I am Wes Otis. You can find me at Plate Mail Games on Twitter for as long as it's there. Uh, the show, uh, 12 Sided Stories, is the number 12 Sided Stories pretty much everywhere. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on post.news, which is also a new thing that's coming out. That's pretty cool so far. It's a, uh, it's another Twitter, you know, alternative and on hive. We're in all the different places now. Um, but the place that I encourage you the most to go to is discord. Uh, you can find our links on our website, which is uh, 12 sided stories all spelled out no dashes, just 12 side stories, one word.com. All our links are there. Come join us on discord, become part of the family and hang out and talk about games and all that good stuff. Uh, if you want to help the podcast, uh, join us on coffee and, or Patreon, or give us a shout out or give us a review on your favorite platform. Check us out on Tuesday nights. Like Candace said, we have so much going on in 2023 we are going to be doing a ton of stuff. So definitely check us out on some social media to kind of keep up. That is it. We appreciate you being here. Bye, Bye. everybody.